The Steve Lobby Agency presents The Christian Publishing Show, a podcast for writers who want to advance Christ's kingdom using the written word. Here's your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr. Today we're going to talk about how to quickly and effectively build a platform and build connections with your audience and with influencers in the Christian writing space. And to join us today is somebody who's a great example of doing this well, Chase Replogle, the founding pastor of Brent Oak Church, a writer and a podcaster, and he hosts the weekly Pastor Writer Podcast, which we'll have a link to in the show notes, uh, where he interviews pastors, authors on writing, reading, and the Christian Christian life. Uh, the site also chronicles Chase's ongoing writing projects and how he's built a platform from almost nothing. Uh, Chase, welcome to the Christian Publishing Show. Yeah, thanks, Thomas. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'll just say I've really been enjoying the show. So thanks for I know all the hard work that goes into it. Well, thank you. And yeah, so tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, why did you decide to start writing and why did you decide to start uh, podcasting? Yeah, you know, when I interview authors that ask the similar question about how you got into writing, a lot of them will give the story that they've, you know, as children, they've loved reading. And, you know, at some young age, they wrote this book and the, fell in love with the process and knew that they were going to write. And that was really not my story. I uh, I knew pretty early on I was going into ministry and felt a call to pastor. And I kind of always put my interest in speaking and did that through high school, speech and debate and some different things. And um, I have this sort of pathetic story that in eighth grade, I wrote this article article for the school newspaper paper, and the teacher gave it back to me and wrote at the top, it was too modeling. And I asked, I have no idea what that word even means. <laughs> and she said to me, well, look it up in a dictionary. And I don't know if she, I'll give her the credit that she was working from a different dictionary than me, but the, the definition I had in mind was stupidly sentimental. And so I kind of instantly came to the conclusion, well, writing's not my thing. Like it, it wasn't like a breakdown or anything. I just said, okay, this is obviously something I'm not gifted or equipped for. And so it took me a while. In, in college, reading just became more and more important to me, especially in my faith. And uh, there just came a point where I felt like as a pastor, it really, it started in my sermons even. I just felt like I wanted to, to say things better. I cared more about the words and the phrases I was using in my sermons. And I actually started uh, transcripting my sermons. I would take full actual written pages with me to the pulpit. And I really fell in love with that process of trying to say something just right. And that the editorial process of an idea getting better as I worked on it. And from there, started more and more being interested in writing and getting into reading on the craft of writing. And, and more and more felt like it was something that that uh, that was a part of my calling. It was developing alongside what it was for me to pastor and to preach, which kind of brings me to the podcast. So I have the Pastor Writer Podcast, which is an expression of the audience. There are a lot of pastors who listen to the show that are interested in writing, but it's also an expression of who I'm sensing myself becoming through my vocation, that there's these sort of dual tracks developing of, of walking with people and preaching weekly in a church, a congregation setting as a pastor, but then also sort of pulling some of that into writing and sharing that more publicly. And so the podcast got started um, a little bit selfishly. I wanted to interview other pastors that were writers and try to learn and, and ask questions that otherwise I might not have had access to ask. Um, it also, for me, was a little bit of trying to build a platform. I didn't have anything like that in place. I pastor, I'm by vocational and pastor a relatively small church. And so, uh, you know, I wasn't on a fast track sort of mega church pastor to a publishing deal. So I knew I, if I was going to expose some of my writing, I needed to find a way to do it. And, and podcasting conversations felt very natural for me. And so uh, launched that just about a year and a half ago now. What I like about podcasting is that it's more difficult 
technically than say starting a blog or certainly than being on social media. And that level of difficulty means that far fewer people are doing it, which means it's a lot easier to get progress and to get an audience with a podcast than it is anything else right now. As podcasting gets easier, I imagine this won't be quite the advantage it used to be. I mean, back when I was a kid, I started podcasting 10 years ago or 12 years ago. That was really early. We were chiseling our MP3s on stone tablets. It was terrible. Um, And the software was not nearly what it is uh, today. Uh, And so there's that advantage of podcasting in the sense that you're just in a less crowded field. Like, I bet you're the only pastor who's talking about writing on the entire iTunes um, repository. Maybe there's one or two others. And yet there's probably dozens of blogs that are similar, right? Pastors writing about writing. And so you've suddenly gotten into a really exclusive club. But the other advantage of it is that someone who doesn't know you at all, in fact, this is how we met. Uh, you reached out to me and you're like, hey, Thomas, how would you like to be on my podcast? And you know, I was like, well, huh, sure. <laughs> you know, that's not a, a hard thing uh, to say uh, no to. And it wasn't just me. It was dozens of other people. And suddenly you start building relationships all around the industry really quickly. Tell us kind of how that worked out. Well, yeah. So uh, you make a good point about kind of being in the early days of podcasting. I do think podcasting is kind of where blogging was 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, kind of in the beginning stages. Although I think podcasting is ramping up. More and more people are talking about it as a platform. And for me, it was a good fit. I think some of the advice, the pressure you feel early on when it comes to these topics of platform is like you need to do everything, right? So you need to be on every social media platform, put all of your time into it. And then you also need to be blogging and you need to be podcasting. And um, I think you got to start and pick and go all in on the thing that fits you as a person best. And conversations like this really is something I was very comfortable with. I do more blogging now than I did at the beginning because you kind of ease your way into some of those other things. But um, as far as sort of getting in and, ha- and having guests on, that's been one of the real joys of it is just finding people that normally I might not have had a chance to have a conversation with and being able to spend an hour uh, talking with someone about it. And, and it's worth pointing out too, you know, if you did something like an interview in written form, or you you wrote a blog post kind of about a topic, you know, from the internet, getting somebody to spend five minutes on a blog post is an achievement. You're, you, people's time on page, they're distracted by so much. But the great thing about podcasting and these conversations are you can kind of multitask with them. So I listen to a ton of podcasts while I'm working on my house or mowing the yard or driving. And so it's not uncommon. A lot of my episodes can be 50 minutes long. And it's not uncommon when I look at statistics for uh, people listening to listen to 95% of that episode, which trying to get somebody to be on your website for 45 minutes is very, very rare. Exactly. And not only that, but getting guests on, right? Like if you had reached out to me and say, hey, Thomas, would you like to be interviewed for my blog? I'd have been like, no, thanks. <laughs> but like, oh, podcast, that's no problem. Because it's actually less work for me as the guest than it would be to write out answers to your typed up questions. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think the thing is so interesting there too is we kind of equate when we think about certain authors or certain influencers, there's there's things that we associate with them, the book that they publish, the topic they're writing on. But what I found with the podcast is we've all got these things we're sort of interested in in the margins that we would love to talk about. But they don't fit neatly into like maybe the thing the book's about. And so that's been really fun is to get some of these authors on the show. They're obviously passionate about writing and everybody's hitting them up to talk about the topic of their book. But to get to kind of turn that and say, well, let's talk about the writing or the process of writing the book. Um, I found a lot of people open to those conversations where maybe otherwise they wouldn't have been. 
That's right. And uh, another thing that's fun with podcasting is that other podcasters aren't your competition. They're actually your allies in many ways. Uh, they will come and be on uh, guests on your podcast like we are doing at this very moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so po other podcasters make for great guests. So you not only get connected to kind of the world of you know authors and influencers, but you also get connected to the world of other podcasters. And especially in certain categories, the podcasters really look after each other. Uh, the history podcasters, I think, do the best job of this. They have a special Facebook group that they're all a part of, and they will help each other out. They'll do intros for each other's podcasts that cross-promote. They'll interview each other. Uh, so I'm listening to the History of Byzantium podcast right now. And the Byzantines used to hire Viking mercenaries as the Praetorian Guard for the Emperor. Because they saw what the Roman Praetorian Guard kept like overthrowing the Emperor. It was all this drama. So they wanted people that weren't politically connected and who were big and scary. So these giant Norsemen <laughs> with their long white hair uh, would guard the king. And the uh, host of that show had the host of the uh, History of Vikings podcast on as a guest, and they talked about kind of where their histories over, overlapped in that one area. It was a really fascinating episode. And that happens to a lesser degree in all of the other categories of podcasting. So, you know, I don't want all of you to go out and start a podcast on writing tomorrow. Right? <laughs> There's already a lot of good podcasts on that category. But the topic of your book probably needs another podcast or two, or maybe there's no podcast at all. I had a client reach out to me She's like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast about such and such topic. And it didn't look like there was a single podcast on that topic currently in existence, which would mean just by creating it, she would get the entire market, which is it's really hard to find something like that in the on the Internet right now. You know, it's, it's such a crowded space. Yeah, I think the opportunity is to figure out and it takes some thought and it takes awareness of what is out there, but to find how you fit into that conversation that's already happening. Because you're right, like even your show versus my show, your show from the episodes I've been listening to is a little more nuts and bolts, a little more practical, a little more trying to expose what does the actual process look like for publishing. Uh, my book tends to be a little more introspective, a little more contemplative about what it is like as the writer to go through the process of trying to write and what that looks like for authors. Um, I think you're right. If I had just said, I'm starting a podcast on writing, well, there's some really good podcasts on writing. Like for me, the help was saying, I'm going to approach this as a pastor from a faith perspective about what it looks like for me to go through that process of writing. I think if you can find that way to sort of get that unique angle into the topic, it makes that podcast not just easier for people to find and connect with, but just more interesting topically as well. Absolutely. And it, it requires knowing who you are and knowing what your strengths are and being comfortable uh, showing up in who you are, not trying to become somebody else, right? Not seeing the fact that you're a pastor of a, you know, relatively small church as a liability, but instead seeing it as an asset, right? And then the fact that you're a pastor gives you a certain amount of credibility that all pastors have. Right. Like you get to park in the clergy parking spot at the <laughs> hospital, regardless of how many parishioners you have. Right. You are a pastor. Right? You get to check that box. Uh, you get the free book sent to you by, you know, whoever sends free books to, to pastors. And um, that that's a powerful thing that you get to to leverage. And everybody, I think, has something like that about them, some weakness that is also a strength. And it's often, sometimes it's where they're insecure, right? Like you open up this interview, it's like, oh, well, I don't have that many parishioners. I'm not on the fast track for becoming a mega church pastor. It's like, almost no one's on that. Like, how did that become the standard? <laughs> like, that's a really rare thing. Uh, and yet, that's not where you stayed. You didn't camp there. You're like, 
so I did anyway. <laughs> I didn't let that get in my way. And you're now, you know, you got an agent at your very first writers conference or one of your first was Mount Herman the first conference you went to? Yeah, it was, yes. Yeah. So so your very first conference you went to, you had several agents talking to you very seriously and one of them gave you a contract right there and uh, do a no small part to having a podcast. So I, I feel like you're a perfect case study of the potential power of podcasting. But I want to zoom in a little bit more on the pastor part because I think that's also really key. How does being a pastor help or hurt your writing process? Or maybe it does both. Like, what's the impact there? Yeah, I think it cuts both ways. I think being a pastor impacts my writing. I think working on my writing impacts my pastoring. But um, most a lot of the writing I do flows out of um, out of things that I'm preaching on. So we tend to do book studies. And so, you know, the the first manuscript that I did was uh, uses the story of Samson from the book of Judges, which was something I had preached on a few years ago. Right now I'm working on a project through Saul and David's story that comes out of some preaching through First Samuel. Although it's never as simple as sort of, I take that sermon and I write it and edit it and there you go, it's a book. They always turn into being something much, much bigger. And, and normally a lot of what's in the sermon doesn't even make it in the writing. But the, the sort of seed, the idea the thing that gets me interested. The way I'll sometimes describe it is, um, you know, sermons come at you on a weekly basis. So every week you're starting from scratch and there's another one. And some weeks, some weeks, you know, there's more there than you just, you know, I'm bivocational, then you have the time to get to and you feel like I got that 80% there. And then it's that that 20% on the edges that always fascinates me. There's something more in that story I want to explore and spend time with. And so that really motivates a lot of what drives me as a writer is to, to find those moments and to be able to explore them deeper. Um, I think being a pastor gives me access to a lot of conversations with people. I take a very relational approach. And so you you sort of embed yourself in this congregation and you you know and you see what people are struggling with and you see how the culture and the world around them impacts the way they're thinking about those things. And and you try to sort of show up. Eugene Peterson one time said that the primary go- job of the pastor is to show up and say, God, <laughs> it's to <laughs> sort of just be the, the voice for that reality and to say there's more going on in this story. And, and so bringing those two things together in writing, knowing what it is to be in this world and knowing how the gospel interjects itself in and changes that story, I think is really good ground for a writer to come along and then try to say that in a broader way than maybe I do in just a one-on-one conversation. So I think it has a big part, you know, obviously you don't have to be a pastor to be a writer, but for who I am as a writer, so much of it flows out of who I am as a pastor. Well, and we were just talking uh, a couple of episodes ago with um, Alice uh, Kreider, who is the executive editor at David C. Cooks, who's one of the bigger uh, Christian publishers. We were talking about how important it is to write to the individual and to know your target reader and how, as an author, you have to make an effort to like interact with them in real life. And as a pastor, the thing that like gets in the way, you know, at least in the minds of some pastors of like, oh, I have to meet with so-and-so about such and such problem is actually, again, it's not a weakness. It's a strength. In fact, it's like one of the biggest advantages because it really helps you get to know your target reader in the sense of what are the things that they are actually struggling with? What are the pains that they actually feel? And it helps you write to that point of pain while simultaneously forcing you to write dozens of pages every week. So you're building that writing muscle uh, or, or at least pseudo writing, right? Not every pastor writes out word for word what they're going to say, but still the act of like you're sitting in front of a word processor a lot as a, as a, as a pastor, which then helps you get better in the craft of writing. And so I, I feel it's the real kind of complementary um, 
act. And, and I think that's part of the reason why so many successful Christian writers are pastors. Yeah, I think there's something about, well, the way I approach pastoring is um, I want, I kind of made three commitments and especially being bivocational, like I knew time is one of the things I don't have as much of. So I want to be really serious about being well prepared when I do step into the pulpit. I want to have had actual time to spend in prayer that it's not just something that's happening, you know, I'm squeezing in in five minute increments. Uh, I wanted to take that seriously. And the other one was I want to know the people that I'm pastoring. And that's been one of my big commitments. I want to know the name of every single person in my congregation, which to me is at the heart of what a pastor is. And one of our commitments has been, you know, if somebody's coming to our church three or four weeks and seems like they're going to stick, we do our best to have them into our house for a meal. Um, I want them to know my family and I want to know their story. And that I think when Christian writing is at its best, what it does is it it says and shows things in ways that we may all know or have experienced, but haven't been able to articulate for ourselves. It, it gives it to us in ways with words that we might not have had on our own. And I think that's what being a pastor at its core really is too. It's being able to recognize things that God is doing in a group of people or in individual lives and being able to help them voice that and own that in ways that they may have felt, but not been able to hold on to. And so those two things are, are, are really deeply connected for me. You know, the, the podcast is Pastor Writer and the URL PastorWriter.com. You know how hard .com domains are. They actually had PastorWriter.com and they had WriterPastor.com. And I bought them both. And I actually intentionally went with Pastor Writer because I feel like that's how it flows for me. I'm a pastor first and the writing sort of develops out of the, the life of that. That's really good. The king of Christian publishing, in my opinion, is C.S. Lewis. And what a lot of people don't realize is that after he had his first several books, he would get dozens and then later hundreds of letters every day from readers. And he corresponded to every one of those letters. So like what you're doing, having people into your house is really great. There are other ways, though, of connecting with with real life people. <laughs> and, and in fact, C.S. Lewis married one of the people he corresponded with. That's how he found his wife was from all of the letters uh, coming in. And it's so important to remember that human on the other side, that you're not writing to ideas. You're writing to a specific person who has specific challenges and hopes and dreams. And, and I love that approach of how it's so integrated for you. And in many ways, if you're writing Christian nonfiction, it is an act of pastorship. Like you are leading people, hopefully, cr- closer to Christ, right? If you're not leading them closer to Christ somehow, maybe Christian uh, publishing is not for you, right? There are lots of secular publishers out there who ha- help you lead somebody in some other uh, direction. And so you may not be, a, you know, the person giving the sermon on Sunday, but when you pick up the you know, keyboard, you, in a sense, become that pastor, at least on the topic that you're writing about. One of the other big joys of the podcast you sort of mentioned as well is it's easy to look at like the guests I've had on and say, oh, wow, you've gotten to have conversations with these well-known authors or you now have those those connections and some of those have turned out to be endorsers for books. Like that's been a real joy of it. But maybe the greater joy has been being able to connect with the audience. And and that one surprised me a little bit. But I've had through Facebook, through Twitter, I've had people reach out to me and really open up and share their story and their struggle with what they're trying to write. And I've had people send me their self-published books or their first published book and and you know with a note inside saying thanks 
for the, the very small help, but for them, the big help of the motivation of the podcast every week. And um, I've gotten to, we do, I do giveaways usually every other month or so, usually big book sets. So I quoted Eugene Peterson. One of the things I'll do, we gave away every book published by Eugene Peterson <laughs> in one big set. And, uh, you know, I really pray over those that I hope whoever wins those things are not just random, but it really is a blessing to the writing they're doing. And it's amazing because they always end up with these great stories. People will, you know, I mail them the books and they'll write back and, and tell me about why it was an encouragement or how it fits perfectly into this thing they're working on. And, and so that one surprised me how much I enjoy the podcast for what would seem so unpersonal. You know, you and I are having this conversation and someone's listening in a car over headphones, but then the opportunity for them to connect and to join that conversation and for me to get to know those people. I mean, some of these listeners I know by name and we'll tweet back and forth. And that's been a really, a really fun part of it that I didn't fully anticipate at the beginning. Yeah. So I have to ask, uh, you threw out a term bivocational, which just to explain, that means that you have a day job in addition to being a pastor. And that day job has is not being a podcaster and an author. So you, you have your day job, you're a pastor, you're an author, and you are uh, putting out a podcast. How do you manage that time? Like, how do you, what, what's your secret to teach us Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, yeah, well, I, I'm learning every week. The, the, the podcast could be better. I mean, you know, I, I don't get very fancy with the editing. There's not, you know, like you listen to some of the great NPR podcasts and there's, you know, it's all background music and sounds and it's kind of a narrated story and mine are pretty much conversations with an intro and outro. And that's intentional. I try to keep those things in a pretty tight window for turnaround. And uh, for me, a lot of it is in just being serious about how I block out my time and getting in a rhythm. So a lot of pastoring is like I'd mentioned, Sundays come the same day every week. So trying to get in the rhythm of every week I do an interview for the podcast. And and for me, um, when it comes to other things like the writing, everybody has a different approach on this. And a lot of the advice is like get in a, a daily word limit. That's just never worked kind of with the other things in my life. I tend to approach it more seasonally. So, okay, when can I scale back? You know, can I work really hard on freelance work? I do uh, web design and development as my my job, and can I do that really hard for four months and then carve out three weeks? You know, in one month to just focus more on writing. And so I think everybody has to do that. You kind of have to figure out what works in your lifestyle. How can you get those rhythms that are producing the work you the way you want it to? And there's really good advice out there, but it's not always the right advice for you in your context. So we said this before. Like I really think you have to figure yourself out and kind of know what works for you. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, and that is one of the interesting things. Well, some authors wake up at four o'clock in the morning and write for two hours before their kids get up. That's not necessarily every author who does that. You know, other authors go lock themselves in a cabin. <laughs> they, they emerge a week later with a finished manuscript. Well, other people would emerge from that same cabin after a week with a finished season or two of some Netflix show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for me, it's it's kind of tr- this negotiation of trying to buy myself time. Mm-hmm. So how can I how can I make enough, you know, that one month that I can set aside two weeks out of the next month to write and trying to get that in kind of a, a rhythm or a pattern where it's sustainable. And and it is like, you know, part of the reason I'm bivocational is because there are things like writing and pastoring that I want to be able to fit into my life. And so you kind of reverse engineer it and say, okay, how do I need to shape everything else in my life to make those things fit appropriately? Yeah, that's really good. We're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask one final question. What have been some of the biggest surprises hosting the Pastor Writer podcast? Like things that you learned that you weren't expecting to learn or things that happened that you weren't expecting to happen. Uh, What's kind of taken you by surprise? Maybe a couple of things. First of all, 
there we all when you start thinking about writing there's certain authors that are well known that come to mind and we all know them we've all read their books um you know you mentioned c.s lewis and there's these sort of people and when you think you're getting into writing you sort of have this 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 idea that maybe someday you'll be like that one of the things that surprised me is how many great writers there are out there who don't have that kind of celebrity status but through the podcast i've found their works or gotten to know them and you realize how good their writing is and how genuine the work they're doing is. And they're doing it faithfully and they're doing it without all the fame and reputation we might associate. And I've been surprised how much how much more of an option that feels. You kind of feel like at the beginning, it's like boom or bust. So like you're going to make it big or this thing's not going to work. And I, I found that there are so many of these people who are writing just faithfully and finding joy and a calling in it and recognizing more and more that that's the place I want to get. And if it got bigger than that, then God helped me to, to handle it well. I, I would follow where he'd let lead. But there's just good writing happening out there that's not celebrity. And I think that's the better you can hold on to that and find that. I think that's a that's a good one. Um, the other thing is, is just how kind I found people to be. So uh, writing is hard. The publishing process is painfully slow and sometimes painfully difficult because so much of it is out of your control if you go the traditional route. And so many of these people that have published, they all know that. They've walked it. It's in some ways the same process for everyone. And so I found people to be really encouraging, really supportive, really open to talking about the process themselves. And uh, and I find that really encouraging. It's sort of it's it's easier to find my place in that community than at the beginning I thought it was. Yeah, I, I like that quite a bit. And you know, enjoy the journey, right? Not everyone is called to be number one, right? Not everyone is called to pastor a church of twenty thousand people in downtown New York City, right? You can be faithful and labor in some small town somewhere and. You still have crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus at the end. It, it's not about, you know, the what God measures is not what man measures. And, you know, how you count uh, and how you measure success, I think, is really key. Because it's so easy to always measure success by the person who's one step ahead of you and just be jealous and mad all the time. <laughs> You're like, why is that person so successful? I deserve that. I've been working harder. I did this sooner. Blah, 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 blah. And that can be a super topic. Yeah, this comes up, it comes up over and over in the podcast that you have to enjoy the the work itself. Because if what you're writing for is that published date or the book on the shelf, like we all have that goal. Of course you do. Of course, that's what you're working to. But if you can't enjoy the actual task of the writing and the editing and seeing it come together, I, I just think it's too hard. The process is too long. Like You just can't sustain yourself off the future. You've got to be able to enjoy the calling, the work itself. And if you can enjoy that, then all of it becomes a little more exciting and a little more an adventure of seeing how it all plays out. Joy in the journey is the cure for destination fever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's true. Yeah. So Chase, where can people find out more about you? Well, they uh, I have a personal website, chasereplogal.com. There's no chance you'll get that last name spelled right. So you can also go to pastorwriter.com, which is simple, just like it sounds. Um, you can search for the podcast on iTunes or follow me on Facebook. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, I do a lot on there. So that's both of those are the pastor writer. Um, any of those places you can be able to connect. And I'd love to hear what you're working on. Listen to the podcast, but be one of those listeners. I'd love the feedback. Let me know what you think and uh, let me know how I can help you. 
All right. And we will have links uh, to all of those places in the show notes. Just scroll down in your app and you can tap to go straight to chasereplogle.com without having to spell it. And I will say, <laughs> as Thomas Umstadt, I know all about last names that are difficult to spell. <laughs> the perfect authored names. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hey, it's a joy. And thanks, Thomas, for all the work you do. I know uh, you give back a lot to the community. And so uh, I know I know how much work goes into that personally. And so I just I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Christian Publishing Show. For more information and to get episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit ChristianPublishingShow.com.